0: Welcome to Mental Health in Minutes, where we open the door to conversations about workplace mental health and help leaders and HR professionals create safe and innovative organizations where our employees and our companies thrive. I am your host, Lindsay Recknell, a psychological health and safety advisor, a workplace mental health consultant, speaker, facilitator, and an expert in hope. Each episode of this show has three objectives. To discuss the future of mental health in the workplace. To identify the best most successful strategies for opening the door to mental health conversations at work and to share the top ways we can engage our leadership in the workplace mental health conversation and have them endorse and pay for a positive culture shift within our organizations if you're listening to this podcast you know that our people need us more than ever but most of our organizations have a long way to go until supporting employee wellness is embedded in the culture of our workplaces this episode is a resource you can use and continue the workplace mental health conversation, and my guests will share their experiences and what's worked for them. Excited to get going, so let's dig in. Today's guest is Heike Cantra, a PMP accredited project and program manager within the IT sector. With over 15 years experience, she thrives in environments where projects need to be rescued and teams need to be organized. Infrastructure and software upgrade projects are her forte, and she enjoys speaking with business-centric stakeholders since it enables her to practice speaking without using technical specific terms. She's an active Women of IT coach and has recently taken on a board position as a VP Relationship Management with Women In. They are a not-for-profit group uniting women 20 plus to transform the future through unique events, networking, leadership and provide a platform of resources. Haika is a proud mother of two kids, loves fitness, enjoying movement activities outdoors, and has a passion for live music and streamed content of funk, jazz, hip-hop, house, drum, bass, and more. So great to have you on the show today, Heike. Thanks, Lindsay. So, um, you would think after reading that, that I hadn't practiced, but I swear to God, I did. (laughs) (laughs) You did great. I am really excited to have you here today because, uh, when you learned of the podcast, you reached out to say that you had an excellent leader in the organization that you're working for and everyone needed to know about him and what it is that he does to create such an um, innovative and safe working environment for you and the rest of your team. So I'm super excited to talk about that and what it is that makes him a great leader. So please give us some background, share your story. The You know what, the coolest part of this is this isn't as a result of the
1: COVID-19 pandemic. And not that that's a bad thing, but I particularly think it's amazing because it, it didn't take for the, you know, the poop to hit the fan for this to take effect. So that's point number one. Point number two is opening that door for having the kinds of conversations that you need to have regardless of what's going on in the world, in the career space. Meaning if you're having a bad day, because something's going on in your personal life. The door was opened very early on when I joined the team here um, to just have that conversation. Feel free to open up and whether it's vent, whether it's ask for advice, whether regardless of what it was, um, there was always an opportunity to do that. Um, And that's very much appreciated. It's the first time I've actually ever experienced that being a consultant in a client-based environment.
0: That's amazing because... As consultants, we often, we don't feel like we are a member of the team all the time or, you know, treated the same as employees. What is it that he does differently to include you? Well,
1: that, and that's a good question. And as well as a very good point. Um, This is one of the first client sites I've been at where I haven't felt boxed into that, you know, you're not an employee, therefore you cannot, or you, you are not able, or you are not allowed, good enough, whatever that, that sense is. Um, it, it's all about creating a personal rapport and showing the people that you work with that you are a human being in addition to the employee. And you are a, you know, you have a family around you in addition to being a manager in an IT environment. Mm-hmm. And that's huge when you start seeing the people that you work with and most importantly, the leaders that guide you, that they're okay being vulnerable it and and i mean really i can only speak for myself but that goes a long way where oh you can talk about other things that are bothering bothering you and in some cases it's very similar things and the the great part about the relationship the relationship is is that there are those commonalities of children issues or you know whether it's geographical challenges with whatever getting getting you know id created or you know looking at a a parking related ticket. Um, It's so amazing when you realize you're not, or I'm not the only one and there's an opportunity to share and commiserate together. And, and not, not that commiserating gets anything solved or fixed. I can tell you though, it certainly, it certainly really does restore your faith in, in all of humanity because you know, Hey, I like, like I've said before, you're not the only one going to that.
0: That, uh, yeah, when you feel like you're not alone it it just there's something that just makes you feel so much better about that right so much better about that um True. did you so you mentioned commonality and I, I think that that's really important for building relationships i mean in in all kinds of relationships i think we naturally we naturally get curious to find something that we can relate to in someone else um mm-hmm. do you think that that's something that your leader does intentionally or just Like, is it, is it learned? Is it intentional? Or is it just something he has something intuitive about him where he looks for those commonalities to relate to you and and your teammates? Yeah.
1: I I don't know. Um, I don't know for certain. I don't think I've ever really talked to him in, in that manner about, you know, why he's as open and, and, and good as he is, you know, one of the things that he has shared with me is that he will, go a long way or go out of his way to stick up or um, defend you if you've proven yourself from a loyalty capacity. Or if you've shown that when the chips are down, you can sort of put your ego aside and just get to the the, the resolution that we're looking for. And that he's definitely shared with me. And so, for instance, he's mentioned, you know, he he's been a He's been a reference for somebody that worked with him, however many years back, and he had no issues providing that reference because of that relationship that was published. And we had a couple of opportunities where when I had first started, you know, like anyone who starts in a new environment, you're learning, you're, you're still understanding how, um, how the culture operates and you're, you're trying to work with what you have when you know very little. And there were a couple of opportunities where I dropped the ball, not on purpose, you know as as a part of being new and he was very good about saying you know what i don't really care about why we've gotten here let's just get to the end resolve and once i was able to do that and get through that that gate if you will um th- there was there was no no need for me to i guess prove myself any longer and not that it was about proof with him per se um but once i had shown the value and made it to the finish line um there was really no need to have to have to um, defend myself or stick up for myself. He just knew I was good for it. And it's kind of worked as a, as a symbiotic and puzzle piece fitting together the relationship since then.
0: Well, and, and obviously super respectful on both sides, right? Like you've earned his respect. He's earned your respect. That whole trust piece. um, Interesting. And I had a conversation earlier today about that word trust And how Mm -hmm. kind of multidimensional it is, multifaceted it is. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm sure you know, Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. she has, uh, she did a a clip on Oprah's super soul Sunday, um, a while ago, a couple of years ago. And it was, it's called the anatomy of trust. And she uses the word braving as an acronym for all the various facets of trust. So like B is boundaries. Um, you know, so in this particular case, your leader could say, um, I know that you're gonna, I've set the boundary. I know that this due date is on this day and I trust that you're going to meet that boundary. You know, um, R is reliability. It's very similar. I trust that you are going to show up for me in the ways that I need you to show up. You are reliable and I can count on you. So it's, and i can't remember what all the rest of them are but the point is that you've built that level of trust through all of those kind of layers and i think that's really really cool it definitely is and i know for me and i've gotten this
1: this comment from a lot of people i've worked with it's not because i'm trying hard or doing something different it is honestly just the way i am mm-hmm. i'm a loyal person i i was as far as I'm concerned, born with that kind of connection and um, desire to please, and th- there's really in my in my definition dictionary, no other way to be.
0: Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Good, great character to have. I'm not going to
1: turn it away anytime soon, so you bet. <laughs>
0: um, so you mentioned that uh, this relationship that you have has been so good in spite of COVID. And I also know that this is um, a remote leader for you, like that he doesn't live in your city. So even before COVID, it's not like you had a face-to-face relationship. And um, remote work is something that so many organizations are struggling with. Is there are there things that he does that uh, make that remote relationship work well?
1: Well, he is always good at responding to any team's messages, and it always seems like when they're important enough. Um, so obviously that that open line of connection is important. Now that doesn't mean he answers every single one of my messages, um, but but I'm I am finding. Again, when they're the critical ones, I don't know whether if he, maybe he is scanning them before he's actually showing as having read them, but he knows exactly um, when I, when I need a response uh, in a timely manner. He's also very good at, so we've got a weekly check-in and it isn't always around work stuff. And again, the, the whole contractor or consultant client methodology is, well, you want to make sure that you're bringing all your issues to your leader so that they're addressed. Or if you just, sometimes it's just a yes or no, or a little, little um, direction on where to go next. But he he's very good at, um, even if there's important work things to talk about that he'll take the time to talk about, you know, how are you doing or how's this issue or how are your kids or, you know, what's happening on the home front. Whereas more so that I'm almost physiologically uncomfortable going, okay, I've got 30 minutes with you, <laughs> 25 minutes, you know, talking about your weekend or asking me, you know, what, what my daughter did um, over the last couple of days. But um, in the end, it always makes me feel better. And because he's initiating as opposed to me, you know, almost insisting or, hey, can you hold my hand on this? I, I'm, 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 I just in the end have a go with the flow philosophy because I figure the employee knows best and I am meant to pair up with the tone that the employee sets.
0: But I think that connection, like that he cares about you as the human, as well as the, as the worker, as the, yeah, let's go with the worker. Um, (laughs) Right. Because if you, we know that if you take care of the lives of your people, they'll take care of the life of your company and exponential exponentially it grows. If you can take five minutes to pay attention to Haika as the human, yeah. you're going to get 50 minutes of Haika as the worker, right? I mean, that, that math has proven itself out over and over and over and over again. Not only that, even as a contractor, I mean, typically contractors are higher paid resources and yeah. to replace a contractor is expensive. The same way to a place an employee is expensive. So it's really cool that he recognizes that and doesn't teach you any differently because, again, he spends that five minutes with you, saves the organization, even just on the bottom line, um, dollars and cents wise, saves the organization a ton of money. And, and I know
1: that his boss appreciates that about him, and and almost gives him a little bit more free reign when it comes to managing those relationships. You know, some some bosses, bosses, bosses can be huge micromanagers, and you know, you must you must deal with your staff in this manner, and you know, you must w- whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, but I I can tell you right now that that there is that that freedom and trust also extended between like I'm saying he and his boss. So I think that. That also contributes uh, quite heavily to that because I have found sharing the same kind of openness with other uh, managers in the department isn't always as easy. Mm-hmm. I think it's because there is there is a little bit of what are they thinking or what are they in the end going to do? Um, and even though that might be the case, and even if that were to happen, I know that my immediate leader is going to defend me. And he's told me that before, like, I'll stick up for you and I'll make sure you get the things you need. So that that goes a long way. And so I think because of that reinforcement, I am starting to become a little bit more comfortable with opening that window with others in the team. And for instance, this it's, it's funny that we're doing this call today because I woke up today somehow not feeling myself. I'm physically fine, but I, I don't know, I just didn't have the same the same energy, the same drive. And it took me, oh gosh, a good couple of hours before I felt like myself. And I was in a meeting earlier on today where <laughs> we were we were editing a document and there was three of us on the call and the two others were talking about what to edit. And I was just still in this really super odd place. And then the comment came, uh, hi guy, are you still there? I'm like, yeah, I said. And, and then at that time, I'm like, "Do I do I say it or not? I'm not on my game at the moment. And I did. And the response was, Genuinely. Yep. That's okay. We all have those days. Right. And, and it was almost like, let's not worry about that. Let, you know, let's move on and get through the rest of the, the meeting and the documents. So, um, I think I know that knowing my leader was going to, if anything were to come up, um, defend me that sort of allowed that door to open. So that was huge for me.
0: Yeah. He's created that psychologically safe space. He really has. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. That's very cool. I was, I was going to say about um, sort of his intuition about knowing which, uh, which messages to respond to on your teams. It's kind of like that triage. Right. Um, And I feel like sometimes leaders get the direction from during training or from the experts that say, you know, you have to communicate with your people and you have to be on it. And that's stressful in itself because those leaders also have their own jobs and they're trying to manage up and they're trying to manage down. Um, I think it's important that to note that he's that skill of triage almost uh, enough that, you know, he hears you and he's there when you need him, but not so much that it's stressing him out and he's able to integrate it with his own day. Um, I think that's a lesson to be learned or or something to be taught.
1: And 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 certainly some of that is one's own intuition, mm-hmm. right? Like you you can't always go to your immediate leader with you know any old problem that's happening, and sometimes there's a little bit of discretion that you use. Um, and and I'll be honest, today was probably one of those days, like I've described, not really not really on full game. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I wish I could just give him a call, but. I knew it wasn't going to be the end of my day, that I was still going to be able to get the key things done that I needed to. So somehow that worked out too. But I think, again, knowing that if something were to go, whatever, awry with my day and and in a pinch, I know I could message him and say, you know, it could have been as simple as, look, I need a break. I'm going for a walk. I'm going to, you know, do a 15 minutes around the block, Obviously, as long as I'm not leading a meeting, I know he would support me. And he has, in fact, done that before. Um, and, and I know all of us can relate to that that cooped up feeling. And especially if you're in an environment where outside, right? There's even less of a drive to take a 15-minute break outside, Um So, you know, sometimes those opportunities to do that are are showing up fewer and far between. But like I said, I knew that if the chips are down, and I'll know that moving forward if I ever need to do that. Yep. You know, do whatever you need to do.
0: Well, and it's also cool modeling that behavior out loud, right? So you're in an environment that's not just the two of you, where now he's modeled that behavior in front of that other person. And that's contagious. So now whoever was in that meeting with you knows that they can also share when they're not feeling at their best. And, you know, and then, you know, and then if they're a leader or if they're in an environment where they're with their colleagues, they can create that psychologically safe space as well.
1: That's a really good point. I'll admit I was, like I've described, are too focused on, well, what's the response going to be if I say I'm having this kind of day? I, I did not think about the impression it left on the third party in that meeting. And that's great because she happened to be a contractor as well. So um, that that's the kind of thing that you're hoping to illustrate as a result of this message and, and these types of communication. So good call out.
0: <laughs> we'll I'll have to remember that
1: too.
0: <laughs> but I think, you know, and, it, it, and thank you for saying that because it is something I think we forget, right? we are forever modeling our behavior in front of other people consciously or unconsciously. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know you recognize it as a parent with your kids. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you change your behavior in front of your kids because you want to model the right behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's no different at work, right? If we can, if we can, Mm -hmm. um, be authentic in our responses to things and other people can see that. And then that gives them a little bit of, of confidence to be able to do it in another environment where now there's three more people who take it to three more people, right? That can, mm-hmm. that's a positive contagion, unlike some other contagions out there right now. Um, but that kind of, uh, yeah, that, and, and I think that is how we create psychologically safe workplaces. That is how we make culture changes when everyone um, starts to model that behavior a lot.
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. And um, something I've recently, become more aware of um, due to my diagnosis of ADHD is if, if you're coming into a situation where you're full on not feeling it, not on your game, whatever the case is, but if if you are offering up why you're in that place, Mm -hmm. that that will also break down the wall as opposed to you just showing up and being grumpy or sad, or, you know, um, timid, whatever the case is, if you have enough courage to express why you're in that place, it, man, does it go a long way. And I did that with my kids that I realized it's, it's not my, my work environment, but my son did a great job of picking up on that and saying, I can understand that mom. I, I get why you might feel that way because of the scenario you described. So, um, and And I've had to do that with my leader, too, not in the same manner, but it's more like, here's what I'm dealing with and and providing those details. and And then, based on what that is, he is easily able to parse well. Obviously, it's taking a big toll on her because it's her family or it's a finance issue or whatnot, right? So um, that it's like that inner context helps, but with a, a very nice silver platter presentation about it, right? So, Again, that's that's vulnerability, that's being open and that's knowing that it's okay to express that. But, and I think, um,
0: I think um, when it doesn't, when saying it out loud, so often people will say, if I'm saying out loud what's bothering me, people are going to think that that's an excuse, that I'm I'm giving an excuse <laughs> for my bad behavior. Right. And I don't think that that in most cases, that's the intention at all. It's truly just... Information, context for how you might be responding, and especially if we're in the heat of the moment. As an example, we can't always control our face or our tone or any of those things. And so, if we can articulate why we're why we responded in that way or why we're not feeling ourselves, um, compassion compassion goes a long way. Right? Compassion has the power to change the world if we only know what's going on. We can have more compassion.
1: Yeah. And you know what, you you just remind me of a of a scenario well over 10 years ago of of a leader I worked for where I showed up to a meeting. I was flustered. I had to come from a different building. And and I know this about myself. I I have often in the past had a hard time just letting go of something else that's bothering me, yet I'm yet I'm in a different scenario. And, And she was quite seriously and and quite in a in an unfriendly manner, manner chiding me for that behavior right don't let that bother you like you have to put it in the past and whereas perhaps that method was not great and didn't rub very well over with me ultimately i think her ulterior motive was my grumpiness or my cloud over me was going to impact the rest of the people in the room so that's where the comment is good i think in many cases, like, like many people in different situations, it's the delivery of that message Mm -hmm. um, is impactful too. And and that's probably where my now leader is very good as well. His delivery is always, um, is always great. He's down to earth. um, He cracks jokes. It's not all about work for him. Um, There's a, there's an even balance between the whole playing field we call life and He's, he's in every corner of that field all the time, which is fantastic.
0: It's cool, like about communication. And and I feel like he has it is, communication is not about us. Communication yeah. is about the person we're communicating to. And yeah. so it sounds like, you know, the, the, the leader from 10 years ago possibly wasn't in tune with how you best received communication, right? She could have changed her approach to meet you right. where you were at. Whereas your current leader sounds like he's really good at meeting you exactly where where you're at and where you need to be, and that can't be underestimated either.
1: No, I, some of that has to be uh, maturity, experience, um, a, and also your default personality. Yeah, like if if you already have a natural, cheery, jokey disposition. Um, I think that I think I'm guessing that that's going to maybe come easier to you versus my old leader. Um, that was not her natural disposition. So again, not a judgment, but, mm-hmm. but it's not a normal innate state for her. Yeah. And there she would, she would need to work on it her own to get to that kind of place.
0: Exactly. So it's some of the work that I do is around a psychometric tool called Emergenetics, similar mm-hmm. to Myers-Briggs or DISC or Discovery. It is a self-awareness tool. And one of the things that it teaches us is that we all think differently, that we all have, um, there's four of them, um, structured thinkers, kind of self-explanatory, you know, organized agendas, step-by-step, analytical thinkers, love the data, um, love it, all the kinds of information. Conceptual thinkers, big idea people, people who can see the end in mind and just want to get there. And then your social thinkers, really great at relationships, really intuitive about people. And we all have at least one of those preferences. And, but whoever we're speaking to is not likely to have the same preference as us. And so it's hard for uh, for me as an analytical conceptual thinker to speak to a structured thinker, because I don't I don't naturally have a preference for structured thinking. It's uh, I have to be intentional about meeting a structured thinker where they're at and and change my communication style to meet that structured thinker where they're at. Um, But the good news is that that can be taught. Just because Mm -hmm. it's not a preference for me, I can have an ability in structured thinking because I can learn it. And then, then I can really meet that employee that my boss, where they're at, um, because of that learning and that practice and that knowledge. So, you know, so for anybody who's thinking that if they're not, uh, typically, you know, great with people, it doesn't mean that that can't be taught. Like all is not lost. (laughs) You can still learn to be a great communicator and a great leader.
1: I love the sounds of that, because I know, for instance, i I always prefer to organize, <laughs> organize meetings or conversations in and uh, I think a structured manner. yet you can tell me I'm analytical all the time. So uh, but
0: you will definitely have uh, two or three preferences. I four you yes. will have two or yeah. three preferences. Um, right. They say that five percent of the population will have one of those preferences. And okay. less than one percent of the population will have all four. right. Yeah. so you that will makes sense. most of us have two or three. like I am I am conceptual analytical. You may be social anal- or um, structural analytical. more um, more of a, I always forget. Divergent thinker, concrete thinker, rational mm. thinker. If you're structured and analytical, oh, you would yeah. be more on the rational <laughs> side. Rational, yep, that's right. <laughs> right? Totally. As opposed to some of us irrational people who go more on intuition and less about data and facts. <laughs> Neither one of those is wrong. They're yeah, just yeah, different. Yeah. And I and I think it's so important to recognize those mm. differences and then be mm-hmm. able to, you know, change your communication style to again to speak to you, structured analytical people. Yeah. Agreed. I, I can talk about Emergenetics for hours. So let's stop there. <laughs> <laughs> let's stop there. Um, all right. I have one last question for you around creating psychologically safe workplaces. So you said that this was really the first contract that you've been on, that this was um, such a positive environment for you. And it was really, um, really brought to life because of your leader. Yeah. If there is One piece of advice you could give to a leader out there that is struggling with creating a psychologically safe workplace for their team, what would you tell them the first thing they could do is? It's okay to let your guard
1: down, be vulnerable and show them that you're human. Show, you know, talk about a a personal uh, situation, uh, mention a hobby or something you're really passionate about. And and I know that those are the kinds of things that often get left behind, but that's really the best way in order to create that initial connection. Like if I knew you painted and I were a painter, I'd probably talk to you about, you know, how's the painting going or what's your latest creation, right? And that's what really builds rapport. And, And I know I've had people tell me as well as reading it in multiple articles, when you remember something about someone's personal life and ask them about it nine times out of ten you're they're probably thinking wow she remembered or he remembered whatever the case totally. is. Yeah. um and, and i i love it too if someone remembers that whatever whatever the situation is whatever the point is i'm thinking wow you are amazing because it doesn't always happen and not everyone is is um, naturally talented to do that but kind of to your point about learning that is also something that could be learned you if you struggle with that and you chose five people out of a group of 10 or whatever the numbers are that you were going to try and remember something about them personally a little bit of trying um will surely get you there
0: yeah and it will make a difference for those five people Mm -hmm. and then they will remember and then they will go do it with their five people and it just exponentially grows from there yeah amazing awesome thank you so so much for that it has been absolutely my pleasure uh, to have Haika here on the show with us today so thank you for listening to another episode of mental health in minutes Haika talked about how personality and commonality play a large role in building rapport and also how we can find commonality even when we don't think it exists she also shared her thoughts around creating a psychologically safe workplace and strategies for increasing safety at work turning her experience into action for other organizations too Heike and I both believe in the power of our leaders to create psychologically safe workplaces and know you do too, or you wouldn't be here listening to this. If you love this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. And you can find this everywhere at Mental Health in Minutes, as well as on the web at mentalhealthinminutes.com. You can start supporting the mental health of your organization in minutes by joining my digital subscription monthly done-for-you presentations designed to engage, inspire, and increase mental wellness in your workplace. It's my pleasure to get to work with people like you. People leaders who care so much about your employees and want to give the best of yourself to support those around you. I also know how crazy busy it can be as a people leader and how competing priorities always seem to get in the way of actually being able to provide the good stuff, the real value-added stuff. Let me help you by doing the heavy lifting and you can get back to doing what you do best, engaging with and supporting your people. Let's connect and talk about the best ways I can help. As always, I'm here if you need me. Thank you so much, Hika. This was such a great conversation and it was a real pleasure to have you with us. Oh, well, thank you so much for
1: having me. I would jump at the chance to do it again.
0: <laughs> awesome. I'll keep that in mind. Take care.